Welcome to The Way Home Podcast, a conversation about church, community, and culture. I'm your host, Dan Darling. Today, my guest is Charles Stone. Charles is a veteran pastor and author. Currently, he pastors West Park Church in London, Ontario. Charles is a longtime friend. Uh, we pastored nearby in uh, Illinois many years in the Chicago area. Charles has done quite a bit of research on an interesting topic, the topic of Christian leadership, but specifically how neuroscience affects leadership. Uh, In most of our leadership models, this is not something that we usually factor in, brain science, but Charles is telling us that we, we really should. And so we'll talk about his new book, Brain Savvy Leaders. Before we begin our conversation with Charles, however, I want to just let you know about two really cool events we have coming up here at ERLC. If you're planning on being at the Southern Baptist Convention in Columbus, I want to encourage you to stop by our booth and get some of our really good resources. We've got some neat things that we are debuting at the SBC that I can't tell you about, but you'll just want to stop by, come and say hi, get some ERLC swag and find out more about what we're doing. You'll also want to make plans to attend a free event we're hosting with Nine Marks Ministries on the Monday of the convention. That's Monday, June 15th at 9 p.m., It's called Connecting Church and Culture. Mark Dever, pastor of Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., and our very own Russell Moore, president of ERLC, will be taking your questions on that specific topic. That's a free event. Secondly, I want to invite you to save the date August 5th this summer for our second annual national conference held here in Nashville. Our theme this year is the gospel and politics. Dr. Moore has invited several leaders to come and discuss how this upcoming presidential race, how Christians should engage in it, and what evangelical engagement looks like in the 21st century. And so we will have uh, some really, really good guests with us. Sam Rodriguez from the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Coalition, Ross Douthit, who writes for the New York Times, and Michael Gerson, who writes for the Washington Post and was an advisor and speechwriter for President George W. Bush, and many others will be here for this important discussion. I have a coupon code for this August conference. When you register, put the coupon code WAYHOME and get a special 15% discount. You can find information about both of these events at my website, danieldarling.com. But for now, Let's join our conversation with my friend, Charles Stone. Well, Charles Stone, good to have you today on the Way Home Podcast. Great to be here, Dan. So, Charles, you and I have known each other for a long time, and uh, one of the things I know that you've been working on for a while is the study of kind of leadership and neuroscience, and so... Can you kind of uh, bring us into that world? I think most Christian leaders might look at that and say, well, there's there's something to be said for neuroscience, and then, you know, I'm studying up about leadership, but I didn't know that the two really connected. So maybe talk about what kind of led you into studying this. Yeah, well, great question. It actually began 27 years ago, a year after our first, uh, our third child uh, turned one. We uh, were visiting family in Laurel, Mississippi, and I had high chair duty uh, with Tiffany. I was feeding her pureed kumquats or whatever. <laughs> and I noticed her left eye was jiggling. And like, this is disconcerting for a young parent. I thought, what's going on here? And so we took her to the doctor the next day. It was around Christmas time. And the doctor said, it's probably nothing. It's probably what they call a strabismus. You know, the eyes are still developing, and he said, mm-hmm. suggested when we got back to Atlanta, yeah, you might want to see a specialist. 
got back and saw an eye specialist. He said, ah, it's probably nothing, probably a strabismus. But he said, just to be on the safe side, I want to send you to a, a neurosurgeon, just have him look at it, you know, take a picture, a CAT scan. So we did that. And uh, I, re- I recall specifically, we lived in a little rental home when we, we had started a church in Duluth, Georgia. We were on our way home uh, at the front door. When I opened the door, the phone was ringing. So we just could come back from having her uh, appointment and her CAT scan. Ran to the phone, picked up the phone. It was a neurosurgeon. He said, Mr. Stone, uh, we got the results back. And he said, your daughter has a lesion. Mm. Now, I thought a lesion like, you know, you stump your toe, you skin your knee, you give some medicine, it's, it's done. Then he unpacked it. He says, your, your one-year-old daughter has a brain tumor. Mm. So our world just fell apart. Mm. So that's, that's kind of where, when, when I realized it, we were on this journey, if it's been a 26-year journey, she's had a dozen brain surgeries, she's had an experimental device in her brain, I realized that when the brain is not working well, how profoundly it affects a person. I saw that in her. But as, began to, as we lived in this neuroscience world for literally decades, I began to ask myself the question, is there a relationship with my stumbles in leadership? Are there some things going on inside of my mind, my brain, that maybe I don't understand, not that I have a brain tumor like that, but that maybe are contributing to elders' meetings that maybe don't go well, me reacting when I shouldn't, even though I know the Scripture and I pray and study the Bible. Then I ran across a book by a guy named Rock, Dr. Rock, um, David Rock, called Your Brain at Work. And he basically unpacked something called uh, social cognitive neuroscience. So it's scientists are studying the inner workings of the brain, but how it affects us in relationships, in emotional regulation, in leadership. When I read that book, I realized, oh my, there's an incredible amount of wealth of understanding of how our brain works. Mm -hmm. But since I'm a believer, deeply committed to Scripture, what is the intersection? So that that's kind of a twenty quick twenty seven year journey that got me to where I am and with the real interest I have. So it began twenty seven years ago. So when we're talking about neuroscience and leadership, if you're speaking to the to the average pastor or church leader or Christian leader, someone working in a Christian nonprofit, what is your recommendation? So you're, you're saying that that understanding our brain can help us understand the way that we lead and change the way that we lead. Does it also help us understand the people we're leading? Can you maybe dive into some of that? Yeah, kind of yes to both of those and more. Um, the uh, the kind of the end result of all this, uh, a little bit of backstory, I just finished uh, Executive Masters, the Neuroscience of Leadership, mm-hmm. and out of that came this book that we were talking about called Brain Savvy Leaders, The Science of Significant Ministry. When I do in this book, I take apart four, I guess you could say, categories of leadership. Two domains I call would call the personal domain. Two domains I would call the organizational domain. On the personal side, understanding how God wired our brains, uh, a.k.a. neuroscience, affects emotional regulation how we stay cool under pressure, that's the personal domain, and personal productivity, how we can be do best at what we do and we're called to do. The other two domains, the organizational domain, uh, one of those categories is team collaboration. There's a profound amount of new research surfacing how, um, uh, how, our, how, we, how we understand our, how our brains work or the lack thereof can profoundly affect how teams work. 
The other category is change management. So really there are four categories that I approach in the book is emotional regulation, personal productivity, mm-hmm. team collaboration, and change management. Those are the four areas that are directly related to, to leadership. So if, um, you know, typically most organizations or churches, when they're making hires, they'll do disk profiles of potential candidates to kind of see where their strengths and weaknesses line up with the rest of the team. Those can be very, very helpful. But what you're saying almost is a step farther, right? Is there there a kind of, um, you know, mental or, or, or neurological profile that can tell you, okay, these types of people are good working together and vice versa? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think of um, an author. His name is Daniel Goleman. He mm-hmm. he's kind of the guy that did the emotional intelligence, and he was kind of the on the front edge of not only if you're going to be a good leader, you need to understand strategic planning, time management, you know, how to raise money and how to spend money correctly, but how you relate to others is it, it perhaps has a greater impact on your success as a leader. And so a number of these inventories, even before he started, came out, uh, you know, personality inventories that are used a lot now. But there are uh, new ones that are coming out that do take it a step further. Uh, one of them is called SCARF, S-C-A-R-F. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can actually do this for free online, just Google SCARF. Uh, David Rock has put this together. Where What he has done, he's taken out of his uh, doctoral work, he looked at uh, the latest research and categorized some of his insights and findings into the four, these five categories. I can't, off the top of my head, tell you what the SCARF uh, uh, acronym stands for. But he has an inventory that uh, is specifically geared toward what we're finding in neuroscience. And, of course, uh, there are several inventories online about emotional intelligence. And that does also incorporate more and more some of the new neuroscience findings. There are also... Another category of, that really relates to our spiritual disciplines is something called mindfulness. And there online, you can uh, take some of these mindfulness inventories that are based on neuroscience, but also can give you some indicators on how you work uh, with uh, others and how, how you handle yourself in teams. So a lot of new stuff coming uh, to the forefront. Uh, that's actually a good transition to my next question because I was thinking through as you're talking, you know, how does this relate to spiritual growth, spiritual development of leaders? Uh, you know, we we read in places like Romans where we grow through the renewing of our minds. Yes. And so does this give us insight into how we spiritually we grow? So I might say, well, now that I know this is how my mind works, this is how I, you know, apply the spiritual disciplines. I guess that's my first question. And the second part of that is, what part of this is, okay, this is how you're wired. So know that separating from, okay, these are areas where there's room for growth. And so you can't always just say, well, this is how I'm wired and this is this uh, is an excuse for my behavior. So right, right. can I maybe yeah. kind of uh, talk about that? Yeah. Well, on your, your first question on the spiritual disciplines, Part of what I've done in my writing, and probably my next book is going to be more on that that side of how mm-hmm. specifically understanding how our brain works impacts spiritual disciplines. But there's a term called neuroplasticity. Up to mm, 10, 15, 20 years ago, most scientists felt like the brain was static. I mean, it doesn't really change. It's just static. But in the past 20 years, with the advent of the functional MRI, which is an MRI that actually looks at functionally what's happening in the brain when people do different mental exercises, whether in this MRI tube. And it catches, because blood needs glu- I mean, the brain needs glucose, 
and it needs oxygen to really operate. So when you're thinking uh, about something, say, real intently, whatever part of that brain that's asking for more oxygen lights up, and so they can take pictures of this in real time. What, what neuroscientists are discovering is the brain is plastic. It's less like porcelain and more like Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. So, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and spiritual disciplines, let me, I'll just give you a little, little example of how uh, our exposure through spiritual disciplines, through listening to Scripture, through reading the Bible and studying. When I uh, lived out uh, just uh, in Spring Grove, uh, not too far where you used to live, we, um, we joined a church when I was in this time where I was writing books and I was doing some traveling and coaching. And we joined a church that was a little more traditional than the churches mm-hmm. mostly that I've been to. They'd sung mostly just contemporary stuff. And unfortunately, over the past 20 years, a lot of the hymns have, had gone away. Well, one Sunday night, they had an old traditional hymn sing. And you know how that works. The, you got a pianist there, you got a music guy there, mm-hmm. and he's asking for, you know, page so and so in the hymnal. And I had not really sung uh, hardly any hymns or read any hymns in the past 20 years. But as we began singing these hymns, because I grew up in the church, in the Baptist church, we began singing these hymns, I knew, I probably 20 of them, I probably knew 17 or 18 of these by heart. I, had, I hadn't reviewed them over these years. But what had happened is, early on in my spiritual formation, even before I was a believer, my parents took me to church. I heard these, and my brain was actually uh, morphing around the lyrics and the tunes of these hymns. And I realized after that night that that input all of those years, you know, sometimes when you're a kid, it's kind of boring, but all of that input into my brain profoundly impacted my worldview. So your, your first question about spiritual disciplines, when we engage in God's Word, we actually are changing our brain. Because what happens is when we learn or when we're exposed to things repeatedly, you got these neurons, which are brain cells. A Canadian uh, psychologist coined this term a few decades ago, neurons that fire together, wire together. <laughs> so as we're exposed to God's Word through reading uh, we're being taught, or we write, or we study, or we teach, whatever that may be, we're actually creating these thicker, if you can imagine, like pathways mm. in our brain that reflect God's perspective on a worldview. Mm. So profound implications on how we form spiritually and what's going on in, in the brain. Wow, that, that, that's really good insight. And so the takeaway for, for pastors and church leaders, you know, every... Leaders not going to take a deep dive into this and, and really study it like you have. But what would you say are some takeaways for leaders, maybe after reading your book, that will kind of change the way they lead? Yeah, I, I, perhaps one of the my biggest learnings of these past past three years uh, comes to emotional regulation and working with people. There are, there are a couple of systems that are at work in our brains. One of them is called a default mode. One is a direct mode. The direct mode is when we're focusing on something. Like right now, you're focusing on listening to me. I'm focusing on telling you something specific. Mm-hmm. When we get off the phone, we may have you know, a 10-minute break. We go into default mode unless we go right into a task. Default mode is that narrative mode. We're talking to ourselves and we're daydreaming. We're thinking about how did that go? You know, what did, what did Daniel think of me or listeners <laughs> going to think of me? 
And what happens is, when we stay in that default mode, we can easily start ruminating and worrying about things that might happen in the future or regretting things about the past. And for, for a pastor, for a leader, to recognize this is going on and to catch himself doing that. It's called metacognition, thinking about what you're thinking about. Also, Paul says in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, all that litany of things, he's telling us to think about certain things, to focus our attention on certain things. Mm. So as a leader, I think that's a real case of learning for me, a huge learning for me, is catch this inner dialogue. And because there are, there are five times more negative circuits in our brains than positive ones, we have the negativity for bias. Our negativity, our bias is to start thinking negative. But the Apostle Paul in Scripture tells us to think on these things. Think, put your mind in, in heavenly places rather than earthly things. It doesn't mean we, we, we ignore our pain, we ignore difficulty. So that's one huge takeaway. Be aware of what's going on in your mind. Catch that inner chatter. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the biggest things for me. It's still hard to do, but it's so helpful because it, what I'm finding out is neuroscience is just kind of reinforcing what the Apostle Paul, <laughs> the Bible told us, you know, been around for for centuries. Yeah, so that's, that's one huge one. That, that that's really good. And uh, you you recently wrote an article, and I thought that was interesting. I wanted to ask about. Um, you talked about decision fatigue. Uh, yeah, it, it can be degrading your your decision. You talked a little bit about how you you've recently moved from Chicago area, just like I have. Uh, but you moved up to Canada to pastor this church, and how you had to kind of make some staffing decisions, and you know. I've been in those situations where when you're first time in kind of a leadership position, there's just a flurry of new decisions yeah. to make. I've never heard the term decision fatigue, but it the more that I read this piece, it made me think, yeah, I've had this before. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things about our the, the thinking part of our brain, if you can imagine the front part right kind of above your eyebrows, that's the prefrontal cortex. That's kind of the brain's CEO or executive functions like planning, like social uh, interactions, uh, like creativity. That's where a lot of this happens right there. But what happens, the problem is, it's kind of fussy and gets tired easy. That part gets tired. Whereas our deeper into our our brain, something called the limbic system, that's our fight-flight center. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our decisions are made unconsciously. 40% of what we make are habits. We don't think about it, 40% of the decisions. And what happens over time, because our prefrontal cortex tires easily throughout the day, the more decisions we have to make, and not like quick decisions, am I going to put on a pair of brown socks or black socks, but, but weighty decisions, the more we make through the day, the tired of the prefrontal cortex is, and the more our flight-flight center kicks in, where it's more, we lack the clarity of thinking. And so, uh, you know, you mentioned when I moved, we were short on staff, and everybody reported to me. I was getting emails a lot. I was having to make so many decisions. By the end of the day, I was not in a good state to make good decisions. If I made an important decision then, it was 50-50 that it was the right decision. Yeah, that's really good. Charles, I really appreciate this book. I'm going to encourage leaders, pastors to get this. And it's really kind of new research and new insight into leadership, but also seems to rely on some of the the tried and true things we know from Scripture about renewing our mind. And so I really appreciate this work. We'll we'll, uh, really encourage people to get it. We'll put a link up on the website. But thanks for joining me today on the Way Home Podcast. And thanks. Wow. 
Well, I really want to thank Charles Stone for that terrific conversation on leadership and neuroscience. Very, very fascinating. I encourage you to get his book, Brain Savvy Leaders. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you let us know by emailing us at wayhome at erlc.com or better yet, writing a review on iTunes or Stitcher? If you're interested and you like this conversation and are interested in other podcasts we have, check out the podcast page on my website, danieldarling.com. We've got conversations with people such as Bob Lapine, David Platt, Matt Chandler, Johnny Moore, Molly Hemingway, Karen Swallow Pryor, and many others. So do check that out. You can also subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. But for now, thank you for listening to The Way Home Podcast. Mm-hmm.